This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having one of my friends, Nick Dialejo, here. Uh, we met several years ago uh, out in the uh, in in the summertime, and uh, as we got to know each other, he's been moonlighting in the Halo sector, and I thought that might make a good podcast. So, Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Pete. Really excited to uh, you know share this moonlighting experience with others. So, um, you know, as we talked through the years, you know, you, you did some interesting things about basically taking the initiative inside of BlackRock and, and kind of create your own, uh, you know, Halo portal, if you will, to, uh, to, to, to share the love and, and get people focused on things that are, are, are better for them. So why don't you give us your background, you know, and, and I'm sure there are other people that are listening to this now saying like, look, if I could only just take the initiative and have one event, that'll lead to more events and, and this, this place will change the cultural change. So yeah, and it usually give us does. your background. So my background started at Georgetown, uh, was a double major in finance and accounting. So really started to go down the path of business. Um, from there got into investment banking where I actually had a cool experience to work with Chinese companies. So half of my time was spent traveling the world and dealing with Chinese companies, doing M&A and, and financing. And then the other part was dealing with healthcare, technology, uh, and consumer companies here in the US. And so really a broad range of different experiences, types of companies, business models, et cetera. And it was actually my first experience and exposure to the wellness sector, uh, where we actually worked on a smoking cessation deal um, pre-crisis. So really a cool opportunity to start to you know, open up that lens. And then post-investment banking, um, I joined BlackRock in 2010, uh, an asset management business, really working more on the business side with global strategy, strategic planning, uh, and the works, and then got the opportunity to move into a portfolio management role about four or five years ago. And now I serve as a portfolio manager in the emerging markets business and have been helping really to scale that business uh, and really look for attractive opportunities globally. So what inspired you to, uh, to start doing things outside of just your uh, your portfolio manager uh, day job? Yeah, so, I, I mean, going way back, my mother was an aerobics instructor at the YMCA. She led summer camps. Uh, and so she was always encouraging a lot of just mental health, physical activity. Um, ever since I was young, my father, a little bit different, was always passing us candy and, you know, having us watch movies for three hours at the house. So always a different, you know, interesting kind of path to kind of observe those two kind of uh, approaches to life. Um, but really for me, it was, I started to develop a lot of injuries, uh, herniations in my back. Um, I was always on crutches and casts from skiing and different uh, lifestyle activities I engaged in. And also just the stress and mental wear down of being in such a, a high stress role uh, that was always changing and a lot coming up, I really started to see the effects on myself, on relationships, and just other dynamics of my life that was going away from at least what I initially intended uh, and why I kind of got into the industry. So were there a couple of events that, that were happening at BlackRock and you said, hey, look, I could do this better or this needs a, a dose of, of halo, you know, workout recovery, mental health awareness? Will you tell us exactly what that event was that kind of spearheaded what you're doing now? Yeah, so um, there were obviously a couple of events initially that were pretty cool and kind of worked, but I really think what it was was more a lot of the events I was attending just seemed generic and not really heartfelt. And I know everyone probably says that about kind of everything, and that's our competitive advantage. But I really saw an opportunity to dig into details like I had done in my finance role, where I was looking at globally different factors, whether it was economics, demographics, consumer trends, all of these different elements to come up with different decision making uh, and investment opportunities. And so I thought to kind of, you know, why not approach this space in that kind of rigor and really think about 
every different element and track data and do surveys and really try to go at it in a way where you can start to uncover the real issues and not just what people say or think, which most of the times don't tend to be exactly what you know, their inner core feelings or subconscious will drive them towards. So, so give, give me an actual event. Yeah, so that, the first, so together. a really big event I actually thought was kind of, that did shift a lot of mindsets was um, every year uh, the UN actually established International Day of Yoga. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's actually um, within their uh, uh, resolution. And it was done by India as a way of promoting um, global green initiatives. And so initially I thought that was kind of crazy uh, and how could that actually work? And then as I started really myself getting more and more into the mindfulness space, becoming a yoga teacher and practitioner, uh, and really a, a mindfulness and meditator, I started to realize that my actions were shifting and I was starting to be more cognizant of just what bin I was throwing things away or how I was treating people or taking time before any action to think about the entirety and kind of all empathetic viewpoints. And so with that, um, I, I thought, you know, why not host International Day of Yoga at BlackRock? This is something where Yes, it's not just in a yoga event, but it's really a day to open awareness for everyone that may think yoga is some kind of witchcraft or voodoo, but really use this as kind of the gateway drug to start to make people aware of what else is out there. And all these tools, whether it's just stretching or all the way to certain things like energy, body work, I think there's so many different tools available. And so this was really a way to showcase. And how I did that is I actually brought in um, the head chief equity strategist, um, Kate Moore, um, and the head of municipals, Peter Hayes, to actually talk about their experiences. And Peter Hayes is you know, an all-star has been top 10 in the municipal space for years, and he actually practices three to four times in his basement. So he doesn't go to a yoga studio, but he has Rodney Yee tapes that he brought in to the event that day to prove to people that he actually practices, which was awesome. And then Kate Moore, who's a chief equity strategist, is a huge diehard Jiva Mukti practitioner and has been for years and has used that as a way to really perform at such a high level. And so this was something where, yeah, you know, people at work have kind of heard me talk about these different things, and I've, you know, had a achieved a certain level of success. But when we really look at two all-stars at the firm who have really gotten to the top of their game uh, by anyone's standards, mm -hmm. and the fact that they even mentioned that for them, the one wish they would have had was to introduce yoga and mindfulness earlier on in their career, because it was really a shifting point for them to control their emotions, perform at, this, at a high level constantly. And so with that, that really kind of shifted the mindset because it really showed people, hey, Peter Hayes, who you look at as just a portfolio manager, he actually does yoga three to four times in his basement. And you, who you look at yourself just a portfolio manager, maybe that could help you kind of shift so your you're reality. Really, you're really like trying to humanize like the, the, the leaders of the firm and, and bring them into these types of events. Did, was it a panel? Was it so was an it, actual yoga session or what was it? All three. So actually, and this is why my point is you got to care and you got to really put your heart into these things because I could have just done a yoga session and talked something and that would have been fine. Right. But we, what we did is we did a three-part event because I thought this was the best way to really, mm. who's my audience? These are financial professionals who look at data all day long and don't want to believe anything. And so the first part of the panel is I brought in Dr. Lauren Fishman and actually does uh, trainings at... Uh, um, Kripalu and at Pure Yoga and other places and also done a lot of research, got a grant recently from the National Institute of Health on trying to measure pain with facial recognition. So a very renowned um, doctor. And I had him actually come in and talk about how yoga shifted from having a guru, you know, 10, 20 years ago and kind of thinking about it from a magical sense to now the amount of studies and practical evidence that's out there to showcase what this can actually do. And uh, Dr. Lauren Fisherman himself, who actually had a lot of neck injuries through his own research, 
did the research on himself and actually alleviated things that doctors said was impossible. And so he's now a profound uh, advocate of the yoga space, a doctor and professional himself, and does work with a lot of the top scientists and leading doctors to really showcase the efficacy of what yoga can do. And so I brought him in to showcase his work. And then his assistant, um, who was amazing, went over a posture lab. So effectively, how people should sit in their seat. So great, we were talking about all this science, all this data, and then really boiled it down into something they could walk away to their seats, which is Great, here's a posture lab, go back to your desk. These three things, if you remember, in 10 years from now, you'll be a happier person. So w w one of the issues with a lot of big companies is that there's, it's political. And people say, okay, look, you know, Nick, thanks for your uh, advice here and, and your ideas, but you know, we got a group that does this, okay? So how did you, I, I wanna make sure people understand, like, how did you get buy-in from this? How did people say, okay, this is, this is our idea, it's not your idea? Try and be very detailed about like, staying in your lane versus like encouraging it, making it happen, but not like having to own it? Yeah, and I think that's a great question. And, and you know, pre my meditation work, I would have just been in the uh, semi-truck, drive over all lanes, right, and right, get right. to the end. Now, obviously, I take a much different approach. And for me, I, I thought about it in a couple of different contexts. I said, first is, okay, obviously there are groups in place that have this, you know, as their day job and they focus this all day long, but what data are they missing and where can I actually help them? So rather than thinking about this from a competitive standpoint, I said, where can I be a partner that'll add tremendous value to their own insights and how they're going to approach the population that they get paid for on a daily basis to serve. And so it was a very simple thing for me as to say, all right, do they know X? Do they know Y? Do they Z? Oh, they do know X. Fine. There's no reason for me to try to go down that path. Let me think about why. And as I got more and more evidence and understanding of what really made sense, what data could be, you know, efficient, and then looked at obviously other companies and other industries and different friends of mine that were doing similar things to understand really what was driving that change and started to bring that back into the realm. And then through some of the events that I was hosting, was able to take surveys and collect a lot of information that then I was able to go back and actually work with uh, different uh, people in different positions to say, look, these are some of the insights that I've collected. Maybe this could be something that could be helpful. And so they were very open to having that partnership and working with me, knowing that what I was providing was value add, wasn't going to waste their time. It wasn't just someone trying to get something on their resume so they could move into the space, you know, in the long term. Got it. So you had a couple of successful events at BlackRock. And from there you said, OK, look, I've got a formula for success here. Um, how did you end up taking it to surf yoga beer and basically try and say, OK, I'm going to moonlight. My, my halo initiatives and, um, and I've proven it here and, and I'm going to go outside. Yeah. So it was path. kind of a, a couple different ways. So the first was just for my passion for the space, some of the events I had done at BlackRock individuals, whether it was certain, you know, wives of individuals or friends said, Hey, can you do this at our company? We would love to do something like this. We actually have, you know, X, Y, and Z event coming up. Is this something you can do? And so Initially, yeah, I said I could do everything and we kind of throw that out there. And obviously over time started to kind of fine tune what that offering meant. But it really was people just seeing the passion, seeing that I was actually able to give them information that was helpful. And then when they would come back and actually know that the result, they, they would get results from the information I gave them, they were then willing to say, hey, you should actually think about having Nick come to your company. And so that started to grow in itself. And then my own efforts, um, given that, you know, every plane ride, I either come away with a business card or maybe someone's number. Um, mm -hmm. I started to go out there and really just talk to everyone, uh, whether it was, you know, reach out to businesses, 
telling them about some of the successes I've had, whether it was, you know, certain companies that I had, you know, already worked for in the past and kind of sending them different information that I put together. And it really just started to work very nicely. And, you know, everyone that I spoke with was very open to the work I was doing, you know, knowing that I had sat in a desk for almost 15 years and, and, and really had a variety of different issues and was able to get through those. And so through my successes and it being very obvious over time, I think people were just very happy and willing to kind of spread the word and, and knowing that I would kind of step up and perform and provide something that could actually be helpful. So inside of BlackRock right now, are you, is it informal or is it like any kind of formal, like you've got an issue about air quality or recycling or <laughs> you want a yoga, you know, session or you want some motivational speech, like, you know, go talk to Nick, he's on. So it's, it's informal in the sense that they are not, this is not run by the firm itself. Mm -hmm. um, I started my own company, Beanwell Lifestyle LLC, and so I try and make everything a production by Beanwell Lifestyle. And in doing that, still all of my events, uh, programming and execution is going through Beanwell and then partnering with the likes of BlackRock um, to put on successful events, but I'm handling all of the execution, soup to nuts, all of the event uh, programming and ideas, and then working with uh, the firm to really get a sense of what's needed, uh, bringing in experts from the firm where they can play a role and trying to make it as much of a BlackRock event as possible, knowing that other companies want to probably do similar things where they're white labeling their ability to influence um, their population. And again, they don't always have the capabilities. And so trying to do that in a way where you're thinking about in the context of, all right, we have this open source kind of network. How do we plug in things to really be able to provide the best opportunities, the best information, the best experience for our employees. Got it. So, you know, you've been working now for 11 years, you know, at what point do you say, look, I'm going to continue to, to toggle both, you know, my, my, my day job with the suit and tie and your being well job and, and, you know, what, what's going through your mind right now, because there's a lot of listeners now that are saying, Hey, I'd love to do that full time, but I'm just not ready either you know, psychologically, financially, you know, start my own business, you know, has its positives and negatives. I've done it. And, you know, it's a lonely place sometimes. And sometimes it's a very popular place. <laughs> so how, how, how are you thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been thinking about it uh, since the day I graduated, um, and probably even earlier than that. And it's, it's been a hard decision. And, and I don't think I've come to a, a full commitment in any degree. But I think at the end of the day is, you have to just keep telling yourself and, and that this is kind of the path that makes sense. And at some point, just like in any sales role, you can convince yourself and not in a negative way or some kind of, you know, undertone way or psychological kind of, uh, uh, you know, game, but more in a sense that you just kind of got to really start to dig deep into what your values are. Are those truly your values and where do those come from and how do they exist and how they've kind of morphed over time? And then start to tie that back to a lot of your activities that you're doing. And so, and again, it seems like a very generic exercise, but even I try to do it almost every couple months. And for me in this space right now where I am fearful, where I'm definitely anxious about what the outcomes are, at the same time, every time I go back to that model and truly say, you know what, these are my values, they actually align a lot to my mother and kind of her, what she's always been trying to tell us and, and, and the path that she took, which has lent to a lot of happiness and actually helping a lot of people, it really just re-embodies that passion and spirit to, to kind of keep moving inch by inch. And for me, how I do things, I'm a very risk conservative individual. And, 
you know, I've been at BlackRock eight years. Most people in, in the world don't stay at companies for more than, you know, one or two years. And so I, I, I think if you are a risk taker, you know, cut the cord and jump in right away. Right. And so that I think is the obvious. But if you're someone more towards my kind of style, which is, you know what, maybe I don't have the right thing set up or the 100% this and that, which you're never going to have something perfect. It is really playing that kind of inch by inch game. And it's how many, you know, two yard kind of, uh, you know, runs can we get in play that really get us to the end zone at the end of the time. And for me, it's getting to the end zone is my goal, not having a spectacular Hail Mary that may fumble. And then at the end of the day, you know, I'm a miserable person at, you know, 50, 60 years old. Got it. Right, well, I think those are some good words of, uh, of wisdom. And, um, you know, there, there are a lot of entrepreneurs that are out there that, you know, don't do the research and just go full bore and say, look, I'm just going to trust my gut. And I think you've kind of got a nice disciplined approach um, and also, I think the value of, of you being inside of uh, a company such as BlackRock, you know, obviously there's close to 14,000 employees and uh, $12.5 billion of revenue. So you staying inside the company and affecting that base of people who obviously need more and more Halo-related, um, you know, therapies and wisdoms, I think, is, is also important. So being inside actually might be more valuable than being outside at this point. I mean, it definitely has. And I think there's a tipping point on when, just like cutting the cord and going, I think the tipping point is, you know, when do you think you have enough opportunity, ability, network, and just passion that you're going to follow through and this isn't something that's going to last for, you know, a day or two. And so I think that internal perspective does lend well and really gives you the opportunity to understand the operations and really how people think. But then at some point, I think you have enough information to where you can start to blend that on a much larger scale and actually impact now the next company, the next company, and the next company. That's important. So the more awareness, you know, we're all going to win. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on and, and sharing some of your wisdom. And uh, hopefully you can produce one of our, uh, our Halo events in 2019. Perfect. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate it. it. Good luck on everything. Nick. Dialejo. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, buddy. Take it easy.